0: So there. So there. So there. So there. Let me know your thoughts. So there. So there. So there. Let me know your thoughts. Why do you keep saying let us know your thoughts? Let me know your thoughts to me is a nice lead in for so there. So there. Welcome to episode 28 of So So There. there. I'm Tom Karamitis. I'm Gary Doyle. And before we get to the show,
1: we would uh, like to take a moment uh, to talk about one of our sponsors. Yes, we have a sponsor at So There, a sponsor who is at the center of customization. You name it, they brand it. T-shirts, check. Coffee mugs, check. Hats, check. Even customized AirPods, check. Midwest Promotional Group has been doing all this and more for over 90 years. Apparel is the perfect complement to your brand, and Midwest Promotional Group gives you access to almost any type of apparel for a very affordable price. Branded merchandise helps build business relationships for any size business, big or small, be it client gifts, employee events, or trade show giveaways. With Midwest Promotional Group, you can access top retail brands such as Under Armour, North Face, Patagonia, Callaway, Yeti, Richardson, and more. The next time you may need some branded merchandise work done, check out shop.midwestgrp.com slash Tim. I'll read it again so you can write it down. Shop.midwestgrp.com slash Tim. Tim Leahy is one of their experienced salespeople and a good friend of the pod. Check his site out. He responds very quickly and is ready to simplify your life and handle your next branded merchandise needs. So, if your business is in need of any kind of fully customizable solutions, head on over to www.shop.midwestgrp.com
0: slash Tim. Rolls right off the tongue. And that's all the time we have for today. For <laughs> so. <laughs> Now, welcome to our new friends at shop.midwestgrp.com forward slash Tim. Welcome. Very excited to have
1: you aboard. And I hope you're prepared for the influx of business that this will bring. I yes. hope your servers are ready. I hope your operators are standing by. And I hope that your infrastructure there is ready.
0: And, and more capable than, than Yahoo Mail to handle the massive influx of attention that this podcast generates. It's hard
1: not to think of anyone that's more capable than Yahoo Mail. The Chicago Bulls are more
0: capable than Yahoo Mail. Gary and I were eating lunch at a restaurant a couple of weeks ago and realized we've eaten at a restaurant quite often in our lives where we consider ourselves, dare I suggest, restaurant experts. It's true, Tom.
1: I personally have eaten at Wendy's. I've eaten at Applebee's. I've eaten at Ronnie's Steakhouse in the Loop. I've I've eaten at nice restaurants, like Olive Garden's. And um, so we do consider ourselves restaurant experts, and so we wanted to make the theme of this podcast
0: restaurants. And things that bug us about restaurants and why they do things certain ways. And, And so we thought, what better way to do this than to bring on a restaurant expert. Well, yeah, I mean, we, at first we thought we were experts,
1: and then we thought about it a little bit more and found a real expert
0: who Tom will introduce now. I'd like you to introduce to the pod, go ahead, take a sip. You're ready to <laughs> take a sip. Restaurant Bob. Howdy. Welcome to the pod, Thank Restaurant you. Bob. Thank this
2: you, is, this is quite an honor. Uh, Bob, tell us, uh,
0: what is your restaurant experience?
2: Uh, My very first job uh, in high school was at an Italian restaurant working in the back of the house where I did... Whoa,
0: that's lingo. I was
2: going to say, I was kind (laughs) of thrown by that too. What does back of the
1: house mean? Back
2: of the house would be not the face forward aspect of the restaurant, the people that work in the back preparing your meal. Hey, Bob,
1: I'd just like to jump in here and say, and we're not trying to you know, police what you talk about or anything like that. But, you know, not, ev- not all of our listeners work in restaurants or are true restaurant experts like you. So if you're going to go slinging li- lingo like this for the next half hour, you know, I just want to put the kibosh on that right now, Mr. Mr. Back of the House.
2: To clarify, most of your listeners don't work. Oh! <laughs> so, my first, my first experience... Otherwise,
1: why would they listen to us, right? <laughs> they actually had a job.
2: My first experience working in restaurants, I was 15. Uh, Mom had to drive me the two and a half miles uh, uh, to... What the hell was it called? I do not remember the name. Uh, but my main task was opening uh, industrial-sized cans of mushrooms and squeezing the juice out of them. I would do that to a bin of 33 gallons of mushrooms. did that several times a day. Uh, I eventually worked my way up to preparing for calamari, which was taking the calamari, ripping the spine out of the calamari, and then making sure that there was no uh, ink or uh, nervous system left. Uh, And then eventually, uh, when they trusted me enough, I began making pizzas.
1: 33-gallon vats of mushrooms? Yes. Were you were you cooking for the U.S. Army?
2: They had a lot of takeout business, a lot of mushrooms. Also, their idea of what fresh constituted oftentimes worked against what they thought was most convenient. Hmm. And then, Bob, eventually you, you
0: worked up to, to owning a restaurant. I did indeed. It Whoa. was many,
2: many years later. Uh, I worked at several restaurants after that in the front of the house. Wow. Thank you. Where I would be the liaison between the back of the house and the customer. Uh, I would. I waited tables at many restaurants, uh, none too fancy, but...
0: Don't be modest.
2: Some were nice, some were a layer above Olive Garden. Hmm. Um, I
1: didn't know there was such hard a Hard to imagine. <laughs> uh, yeah.
2: And um, did that all the way into my early 30s. Uh, at which point, uh, me and a few people opened up uh, a restaurant. A restaurant slash cafe, because I don't think we had any industrial ovens or any equipment that really constituted us using the term restaurant fully. So we were always a cafe slash restaurant. Good enough for us. Yes, it is. <laughs> <clears throat> and uh, we owned that for four years.
0: Wow. Well. We we will put that vast experience to the test with some dilemmas that Gary and I have been troubled by for years. Do you want to start, Gary? Sure.
1: I'd like to talk about something that I think we've spoken on in the podcast uh, before, but I'm consumed with it, and that is the tyranny of shared plates. This has taken over the restaurant industry. Any restaurant you go to that's halfway decent, the waiter or waitress walks up to you and and says okay so just so you know we share we're all about sharing you order you know several things for the table and and my heart just sinks because it it you know for one i, I like to order my own food I'm, I'm i'm selfish i don't like to share but also it becomes a negotiation about well should we get this or that and, and you know and, and everyone has to negotiate and then and then when the food comes invariably everyone takes a little piece and they don't want to take too much nobody wants to take the last piece and and so there's all kinds of conundrums that come with shared plates but i i loathe the notion of shared plates So there.
2: Well, the shared plate trend has definitely grown since I had my restaurant. That's a cop-out. And I believe the reason why it has grown so much is because you can charge more for a shared plate and not put that same increase of cost onto the plate. So, if you increase your caprese salad mm-hmm. by three tomato slices to make it a grand total of seven tomato slices, <laughs> you can now charge twice the amount from the original four tomato slice caprese salad. Wow. Therefore, that one tomato slice plus garnish is pure profit.
1: So that so the, the break this down: uh, three tomato slices for a restaurant probably about twenty cents, right? At most. At most, and then they they charge maybe um, I don't know fourteen dollars for it versus ten.
2: Yes, depending on the balsamic. Yes. Wow. And it is a scam mm. uh, because why not just order two appetizers? Why not just order? a salad for yourself. But I think that the I think the main thing is is it makes people feel European. Mm. It seems it's always it's always it always seems like it's a it's a more of an upscale restaurant that wants to have their entire menu be a shared plate experience. Hmm.
0: Well, alright speaking of shared things, I have a much simpler dilemma. Why is it that after your salad or appetizer why do they leave you the dirty silverware why do you have to well why so often in restaurants even in really nice places much nicer than probably any place you ever worked (laughs) why do they take your salad plate but they kind of sometimes they'll even give you back your knife and fork to hold for the next course i never get that i made it a new year's resolution in 2017 to say i will always ask for fresh silverware
2: (laughs) but what i don't get it do you have any insight on that one have you noticed that phenomenon? I have, and I've certainly, I've certainly been a part of that. I think it is in the rush, in the madness of waiting tables, the idea of having to run back to the bus station to get you fresh silverware when you already have a perfectly good set
0: ah. seems unnecessary. So I've got to put that dirty silverware now on the table. Yes. Sometimes I'll rest the fork on top of the knife just to minimize, and you know all bets are off in the age of the coronavirus. Okay, and what's on that table and what, and, but, but I always found it very troubling.
2: Well, you wouldn't expect a ramen place to bring you a new set of chopsticks.
1: Perhaps Tom would. Tom, Tom would. apparently is a stickler. You know, Bob is trying, and by the way, Bob, I just want to say out of the gate, you've crushed it with two restaurant insights. Why shared plates are a thing and why they don't replace the silverware. Uh, crushed it. You're doing well. You could stop right now if you'd like because I think it, 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 may be, it may be hard to improve on what you've done. But what what Bob is saying is it's a... It's a, it's a convenience thing for them that they don't have to go back and get you clean silverware
2: Well, and if they're
1: overwhelmed.
2: In the old days, you were given your appetizer fork and your entree fork and your dessert fork, and so you would be able to just change your silverware as you went.
0: So you're saying they don't want to go to the, the, the what do you call it, the bus station? The what, bus station. Is that like at a Target downtown? I mean, is this some, some kind of lo- long
2: trek for them? Well, generally, you've already ordered so, the waiter already has a guaranteed amount of a check average coming his way. Mm. So, he's mm. already getting 15% mm. from you at this point.
0: Mm. If he's lucky. If he pisses me off with the silverware, that mm. may become 12%.
2: They mm. know right away when they see you coming in that you probably have a tip card in your wallet ready to pull out at the There's end. There's nothing wrong with that. They're not having high expectations. Oh, no shame begin in with. a tip calculator. Now, had you come in there and said, I'm expecting this to be a very good meal. I've loved the service so far, and I can't wait to tip you at the end of this to show my appreciation. I bet you they would, without even being asked, bring you fresh silverware. Maybe yeah. you are not giving the waiter enough information to understand your expectations.
1: I like how I like how Bob is putting this on you, Tom. I like how he's deftly and tactfully made it about you and about your inadequacies inadequacies well played Bob well played so far you have been an excellent guest but <laughs> <laughs> well, Bob I have a question for you as a as someone that has owned a restaurant maybe you can enlighten me as to this but I find often let's say you go to a restaurant and you order food and it takes a long time to come out, but I find that a lot of times this happens in a restaurant that's almost empty. It's an odd thing like why would it take long to come out? It makes no sense because there's only like two other tables in the place that have people.
2: Why is that? That is a bad restaurateur. That is someone who has not done proper prep work or is putting things on the menu that require a weight that they should either have informed the uh, customer or they should have figured out a way not to. I agree with you wholeheartedly that I have been in the same situation and if it were my restaurant and something was taking inordinately long I would be sure to come out and explain why. But is there
1: any correlation between an empty restaurant and food that's slow to come out? Like maybe maybe they look at the empty restaurant and think we don't have to work very hard or be quick because it's empty. There's no
0: correlation like that? Maybe they send some of the cooks home early. It's going to be a late late.
2: That's what I'm asking. Is there any kind of... There is a sort of a shared ennui that can infect a waitstaff. And I think on a day when there is not much happening and really 30% into your day, you know if it's going to be a good tip day or a bad tip day. And if it's already a bad tip day, you may not feel the urge to necessarily hustle for that extra two bucks on your table. So maybe the cook was in the back, maybe he was smoking a cigarette, we could have gone and gotten him, but everyone's feeling a little relaxed and uncaring. All
0: right, well, I'm going to go on record right now saying I am not as satisfied with your response as Gary is. <laughs> Having said that, I'm going to ask you just to uh, give you a chance to redeem yourself with my next one, okay? And by the way, before we move on, I just want to say Shared On
1: We would be a great name for a restaurant. <laughs> or perhaps... An ad agency.
2: <laughs> Do restaurants recycle uneaten bread? Well, that goes on a restaurant by restaurant basis.
0: Do you know that having ever happened? Oh
2: yeah. So oh, if yeah. there
0: is a if there is a little dish of bread where you break it apart and people haven't really touched it, yeah, it may very well come out again.
2: I would say the chances are that it will come out again. Wow. yeah. And do you we think that open ha- it
1: wide open. <laughs> do you think this happens with uh, tortilla chips in a Mexican restaurant Ooh, too?
2: I've never worked in a Mexican restaurant. I I would have to think yes. That's However, a, that's a they fun. might have a higher standard than the restaurants I've worked in. But I've uh, recycled cornbread i've recycled onion rolls i've recycled rye crisps
1: wow you've done it yourself i have so it's not just speaking theoretically about other people bob yeah has done it himself
2: not at the restaurant i owned yeah, we didn't yeah. have bread baskets at the restaurant i owned and uh, I don't think we did recycle anything but we didn't serve enough where it was easily recyclable like that but uh several restaurants i worked at had uh, uh cornbread squares and those mm. would always go back in the steam table wow yeah cornbread which is a uh, the spongiest of all breads to absorb any kind of virus or bacteria that might be in the basket goes right back in the steam table
1: but if you think about it what's the likelihood that somebody when the cornbread was at the table i mean would somebody pick up a piece and put it back down probably not they're but what they're, if they they're reaching into it and 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 picking <coughs> picking up a piece yeah i guess sneezing, on I it's sneezing coughing like you're coughing like right i now. just coughed right okay all right
2: i mean it doesn't end with bread if you get creamer that's in a in a container and it's open yeah that'll get redumped in yeah Yeah.
0: and now you mean the little uh chrome flask yes yeah i would expect that that seems to be sitting on the table in breakfast restaurants i would expect that that would okay i'll tell you what makes gary doyle very uncomfortable
1: in restaurants and bob i don't know if your waiters had this practice in your restaurant but uh have you have you ever had the experience either of you where Let's say you're at a party, a pretty big party, like eight people, ten people at the table, and the waiter comes up and asks what you like, and everyone has their order. I'd like the, the Caesar salad and the, and, the, and the short ribs, you know, and, and the waiter doesn't write anything down. He, he, he just listens. And, and, and eight, ten people give their order, you know, I'll have the beats, and he's just taking it all and not writing it down, and you want to say, don't you want to write this down, dude? you know don't you are you sure you got this you ever had that experience
2: yes and i'm in complete agreement with you i think that is motivated by a certain kind of a hubris that exists in the restaurant industry where much like any professional industry that has its own lingo and terminology and complaints there's a there's a
0: it's like a waiter skill test or something? Yes,
2: exactly. There's sort of a proficiency that one believes they've achieved. That they are so good at what they do that they overreach. Mm. And then it becomes show So whenever I'm encountered by someone who's doing that, within two orders, if it's a big table and they're coming around to me, before it even keeps going, after two orders, I usually stop them and I say, are you sure you wouldn't like to write this down? Because I don't think that it's within the realm of reasonability for you to be able to remember every little specific thing about our order. And if they continue, then I fold my arms and I allow it to happen. Interesting. And I have to say, I've always, almost always been pleasantly surprised with the ability for them to do it. However, I myself would <clears throat> never trust myself doing that.
1: I got to say, I, I don't remember any waiter ever messing that up right. when it happens.
2: I messed up many orders when I'd written them down. (laughs) I was usually high (laughs) when I was waiting tables.
0: (laughs) Subject for another podcast, perhaps. (laughs) Yeah, but you're high now, so that's (laughs) nothing
1: surprising.
0: Bob, mm-hmm. all right, as you can tell... Bob, Bob
1: by the way, are, are are you holding up okay under this relentless... I feel like it's a relentless grilling of you. I'm like you're before a Senate subcommittee.
2: No, I, I think the viewers just need to know what a, uh, a a sort of a primitive and hot sort of environment that this is taking place primitive,
1: in. Primitive? I beg to differ. <laughs> and and when you say hot, how do you mean hot?
2: Not in the sexy way.
0: Oh, <laughs> that was, that's disappointing to me. The first two questions I've asked you have gotten progressively more disgusting, in my opinion. I went from the silverware, not getting fresh silverware, to do they recycle food? I'm going to take it a step further. You've seen the movie Casino.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, do you remember the scene in the sandwich shop?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Which horrified me. For, for viewers who may not be familiar with it, a, a, a police officer goes into a sub shop, a sandwich shop, orders a sandwich, and the guys behind the counter being very nice to the police officer and very chatty, and then you see they cut back to the kitchen and one of the, the, the cooks opens up the sandwich and he spits in it, closes it up, puts it in a wrapper mm-hmm. and gives it to the officer who's on his way. Have you ever heard or seen of anything like that?
2: I've never seen it, I've never done it, and I've never known anyone that's done it. I have heard stories, third hand, of people who have done it.
0: Uh, wait, so in other words, if you anger your waiter, there's a chance.
2: There's a chance. I would never do it. And I'd like to believe that no one close to me would do it. But I have heard stories.
0: That's frightening. That's <laughs> frightening. So, lesson for all of us. right? If, you're, if your waiter doesn't write anything down and they screw it up, let it go. Let it go.
2: I think the chances of it happening are slim. The chances of getting sick from someone not washing their hands is far greater. Okay, but I don't see why it would be so slim because it's almost, it's a crime
0: that's almost impossible to prove, right? There's no cameras in the kitchen. Yes, but
2: you don't believe in the goodness of humanity.
0: No, it goes without saying.
1: (laughs) I would like to talk about something that I feel is an unforgivable sin for restaurants, not as sinful as spitting in the food but but still and this happened to me just a couple weeks ago into a a very nice I was at a client dinner very nice trendy restaurant in River North I'm not gonna say what the name of it was but there were uh, five of us five or six of us and 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 they brought two of the dishes out and this is a pretty expensive place too they brought two of the dishes out and then the other four of us just sat there and waited for our food and it was probably a good ten minutes before the other three or four dishes came out. And of course, the people that were served their food are not going to start eating. Mm-hmm. And 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 also, you don't want to make light of <laughs> that. There's food sitting there, but you can't eat. Or you know, and the others' food hasn't shown up. But I find that that's that's I find that not good when they bring out. And I don't know, Bob. Maybe you can shed some light on why that happens. But when you bring out like two dishes, but the other four it's not all at the
2: same time why I wouldn't do it I think it's wrong I don't understand it I would rather those two dishes sit Mm. and and just wait so at least they could be closer in time and at the very least if they did come out I think that there should be an explanation given to the table Mm -hmm. I think that there's a certain lack of transparency in trendy restaurants where they get away with bad behavior because (laughs) they believe themselves to be above, above contempt or above, above suspicion that they, that they, they could pass anything off as being part of the experience. It's like, oh, we bring it, we bring things out when they are fresh. We bring things out for you when they're fresh out of the oven. But isn't the social experience of being at the restaurant together just as important and doesn't that get in the way of the social experience
0: Bob my eyes started glazing over halfway through your explanation I don't know what you're talking about no
1: that's 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 interesting because I thought it was a an, an, a compelling explanation it's probably my blood like
2: so much more
1: Everybody Bob does. I you know I'm into positive reinforcement Tom. Um, has different Tom lives a life of fear. Tom likes to, he lives in fear and he likes to instill fear and uh, failure in people. So I'm sorry for that.
0: Bob, have you ever worked at a Denny's? I
1: have not. (laughs) All right. I had a friend who, I have a friend, who, you know how you get a free meal at Denny's on your birthday, would go to Denny's three times a day. He'd go to the three different Denny's Breakfast, lunch, and dinner on his birthday, and each one he'd show them his ID, and he'd eat
0: free the whole day. <laughs> and he'd be constipated for a month. I had a Denny's... don't
1: Care might have Yeah, sorry, maybe no we talk
0: about this. Spaghetti yeah. at the Denny's? The, my Denny's is my, my... I went to Denny's once, and I was so horrified by what happened, I never went back. I went to a Denny's, and I ordered a plate of spaghetti. And the spaghetti came out, and it was cold. There was sauce on top of it, and it was cold. It was room temperature. In addition, the strands of of spaghetti that were on the edge of the plate were dried, right? I pointed it out to the waitress and said, this is not a fresh plate of spaghetti. Can you make it again? Absolutely so. She takes it. Three minutes later, she's back. Exact same plate of spaghetti. Now it's hot. So they just took my already dried out thing of spaghetti and they microwaved it. So I was, I've never been back to a Denny's. That was the unpardonable Denny's sin because I gave them a chance. How hard is it to make a plate of spaghetti. I, I didn't order a porterhouse at the Denny's. I said, what can they not screw up? What would be easy? But let me just say before Bob answers that
1: spaghetti is still odd at a Denny's. Most people would order it a hamburger boi- or a club sandwich. But if you fear... Spaghetti, a- is,
2: there's just
0: something odd about that. But if that. you fear... If, if you're skeptical about the cleanliness of the restaurant, to me, it's a pot of boiling water and some dried pasta going in there. So that's easy. I, I was fairly safe, I don't, you know. Bob, I know you're sitting there, you're silent, you're stunned, but I, as a representative of the restaurant well, industry, I'd like you to respond.
2: I, I think it's awful behavior, and actually the only thing I can say about Denny's is, I spent three months traveling through Central America. I did not get sick once. I ate street food, I drank some of the water, did not get sick. On the last week, I was in northern Mexico, coming back after a long haul of travel, we stopped at a Denny's to eat some comfort food, and I was sick for the next week. So I think that's the statement about Denny's. Yeah.
0: I had one more little one, Gary, but you go And ahead. I have one more, too. You so go, you go
1: first. I don't care, Do you, you go ahead. I have a gambit for you all. This is not a question for Bob, although it might be a, something Bob has encountered, but I have a gambit that you all might find useful, and our listeners might find useful. And I got this from a friend of mine. So you go into a restaurant and the waiter comes up and and talks about the food they have, the specials, and you ask the waiter, what's the worst thing on the menu? (laughs) And I'll tell you why it's a great gambit, because it reveals something about your waiter. Some waiters will go, oh, everything's great. I really, it's just fantastic. Our Our food is so great. But some waiters will zero right in on it and go, Um, you don't want to get the haddock or whatever you don't and so it's actually a great not only do you learn what not to order but it's a great test for your waiter of how honest they are and how straightforward they are so that's the gambit what's the worst thing on the menu oh
2: good I think that's wonderful because I think the not only will you you'll know whether or not your your waiter is going to engage you in a truthful relationship But also, if they are a person that will be amused and even opened up by the opportunity to be more truthful with you, I think you're gonna have an overall better experience. Because I think that once you humanize yourself as a customer and you make some connection to that waiter, your chances of getting free extras raises exponentially. Like if all of a sudden you are in a relationship with someone and they feel friendly towards you, you might get extra breadsticks, you might get a comped soup, you very well may get coffee for free at the end of the night, and at the very least, you're gonna be more attentive to than a table that is just being dismissive of them. So really, I think I just applaud you for your your humanity.
0: I think the easy answer to that question would be for the waiter to just tell you what they personally, it's delicious, but they don't like it. I'm not a big quiche fan, so I wouldn't order that. That, to me, would be the cop-out answer. Yeah,
2: that's That's the middle of the road, right right
0: because i didn't
1: ask what his personal preferences were i asked what what's the worst thing they make here
2: and what i what i do find also a cop out but i think it's still informative is what's the best thing on the menu a lot of people order the porterhouse and it's like okay so you don't want to commit you don't want to really tell me what's good you're just going to tell tell. yeah that's
1: a tell yeah
2: and also a lot of times you'll notice that's at least one of the top two priced meals on the menu
0: ah yeah. that's that's shameless yeah. yeah oh i
2: did that all the time <laughs> I,
0: I was in a uh, I, I was in a, a disparage another chain i already disparaged denny's i was in a corner bakery in westwood california a few weeks ago and i, I like corner bakery i, I went like in corner the, bakery well we we went in for breakfast we got our breakfast went to the table and they had given us they hadn't given us any silverware in our tray so i went back to the counter where Mm -hmm. all the people were. And of course, those counter people, they just have tunnel vision. They (laughs) won't even make eye contact with you. But I noticed there's a person with a corner bakery shirt sitting at a booth right next to the counter. She's obviously an employee. And I said, "Um, excuse me, we didn't get any silverware. Where can I get some silverware? Her response to me was, I'm on break. Mm -hmm. Before I can get another word out, she said, it's California law. I can't help you when I'm on break. (coughs) And I said, can you at least point me in a direction where I can get silverware? Um, she ignored me. So I went up to the manager, who had, and it took me like another three or four minutes to get the manager to respond. I said, we have no silverware. Our food's getting cold. Your employee there would not help me because she's on break. Rather than apologize for her, he said, yes, yeah, sir, it's a California law. I said, is is there a law against her pointing me to me? And what I should have done is said, now all our food is called. I'd like you to remake it again. But I was so incensed. I did several Yelp reviews that day. I also wrote an email to their corporate. And I got a whole bunch of corner bakery coupons in the mail. (laughs) Really? I don't know if I'll ever use them, because as Gary knows, Tom Karamitis holds a grudge. It's a a death sentence. We did a podcast about death sentences. You can take me there, perhaps. Or I can give you the coupons. Yes.
2: But wouldn't you find that, Bob, uh, I, for one, love working in restaurants. I love people. I love helping people. And so, like, restaurant work is very natural for me. I love the experience of someone needing something, me providing it to them, and then them being happy. Uh, it's one of the things that I so hate about my current job, which is I like the pleasure of a job well done within 45 minute little moments rather than having to have things stretched out over a long period of time so yeah i i don't understand why a person wouldn't just enjoy the act of helping you but again they might see something in you that makes them less uh, likely there to we help, go again right? it is yeah. about me isn't it That's <laughs>
1: good point
0: Uh, I'm going to mention this uh, first of all. I want we wanted to thank Restaurant Bob. I, I know this is a lot of pressure. <laughs> I mean, I've been
2: worried about it um, all week.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um And we, since we haven't gotten any viewer mail in the last two months, we'll remind you all that it's so there at yahoo. dot com. Write us about your restaurant conundrum. Yes. Uh, your thoughts suggestion. on restaurants. Yes.
1: And uh, your stories, and we welcome your letters. Yes. Thank you, Bob. The the, uh, the king of cafes, the wizard of waitering, the uh, his excellency of eateries. Uh, your insights have been compelling.
0: And uh, thank you. And until next time, for Restaurant Bob and Gary, this is Tom saying, So there! there!